pure bliss. Alpha wave has got a, a way of doing that. Sandra says, I needed that today, yes. And here's your reminder, as much as we may have practiced alpha before, this can be part of our daily practice. It's not just a one-time thing. Amazing. I feel like I got rid of some knots trapped inside me. And sometimes our beliefs are gonna show up somatically and we don't need to know what the beliefs are. It's just really click, clearing this gunk between us and love, clearing this gunk between us and the relationship that we want, clearing this gunk between us and the desired result. And owning the blocks that we have within ourselves. Yeah, Lee's feeling cleared and relaxed. Amazing. And so we've gone through the unconscious work really quite quickly. And so there's a lot here for you guys to contemplate. We did exercises to expand our awareness of our unconscious mind. And then we did a quick tool to clear and reprogram. But I want you guys to know that this is a lifelong contemplation. What in me is a match to the experience that I'm living in my relationship? What must I believe to be experiencing this, right? Doing these kind of exercises frequently and often, where we just get what's in our unconscious down on a piece of paper, so we can ask ourselves, do I want this to be true for me? Is this what I want my relationships to look like? And so you guys can see that this is really similar to the work that we've done before, it's even more relevant because our relationships are truly a mirror to ourselves. Okay. And I'm going to put a pin in this section because we've spent a couple of hours on this. I said, I've gone through it fast because we could be here for much more time, but go back to the journal prompts, look through them, do the alpha practice multiple times with different beliefs and different relationships, right? On the end result, you might not want to see the experience with a specific person because we're tying it to a person. You might just want to see like a blank person and what you want to experience. You can do it whatever way you want. When I guide through words, it's just a suggestion. How you move through it is really for your discernment. But like I said, this is your relationship programming. And when you've got stuff coming up in your love bonds, in your team, in your business, you can come back to this practice. And in the first one where I say, you know, reflect your beliefs, you can, what you can do is you just see the situation in your relationship that you don't like. Because we know that in belief that we have to be a match to it. And we don't necessarily have to know which belief. And then we can put it through the same process and the same journey. It became so clear to me that if I keep doing and being the same person, I will get the same results. If I decide to do things differently, I will get stronger and more powerful in my life and its outcome. It sounds so easy, but it clicked differently. Beautiful. And that's why I love doing the processes because we take the mental understanding, right? And we actually go into the body because remember the body is just the physicalized unconscious. So going into the unconscious is like going into the body. Beautiful. From trigger to transformation. I am really excited to teach this one. I am really excited to teach this one. We're going to spend an hour here and then we're just going to spend, or just under an hour here, and we're going to just spend, you know, a, just over half an hour in the final segment. Okay. But what we've been doing, if we've really been setting up ourselves for this workshop, I'm going to give you guys a couple more minutes to share. And then we're going to go straight into the next one.
and I'm going to keep my eye on the chat box. I call this from trigger to transformation because I really, really want to program in how every single trigger or how every single icky moment in our relationships is actually a doorway to our healing if we're willing to look at ourselves. So this is really just an extension of what I've been saying from the start of this workshop together. Let's go back to how we began, right? And so what we've looked at is our relationships are a mirror to our unconscious. This is what we've been looking at. This is what we've been doing today. But our relationships are also a mirror of our mental judgments of that person. Our relationships are also a mirror of the stories that we tell ourselves in our mind about that person. And I know this can be a wee bit hard to understand, so you might have to watch this a few times, but bear with me because it's life-changing. I'm just seeing if we've got any more shares. Beautiful. What I want us to know that is in our relationships, our ultimate power is in our perception. Our ultimate power is in how we perceive someone. And this is an added new piece to the unconscious piece. And we can either be the people in our lives that see the best in everyone or see the worst in everyone. Lots of us grew up environments where there were high levels of criticism and negative feedback giving. So unconsciously, we've got a pattern to criticize everything that we see. Is that that everything that we see is not good enough? Or is that we have a perception pattern? Right? And so when we want to curate our greatest love story, if we want to have extraordinary relationships, we want to take responsibility for our unconscious mind, but we also want to take a responsibility for how we perceive someone. Because remember, we don't see life as it is, we see life as we are. Therefore, we don't see people as they are, we see people as we are, which is why we can't take people's projections, people's stories about us in, the, in their mind too seriously. Because very often it's got less to do about us and more to do with them. This is really, really important. I want to give you an example. I want to share a wee bit about Craig and I's breakup. I haven't really shared about this very much, but I want to share about it because I think it's really showing you my journey and my process with this and why I'm teaching this now, not last year. Okay. As you guys know, Craig and I broke up for about two and a half months in 2022 around the end of the summer. And then we got back together probably November, December, end of last year. And so what had been happening in that relationship to lead to that breakup? I only half chose Craig. I was in love with a potential. I was in love with, oh, if he does this and he changes this, then we can be together. So every time I saw him, I didn't see the best in Craig. I saw the gap between who I wanted to be, him to be and who he was. And a lot of us love like that. I want you to be this and you're not this. And so every time I see you, I see you through the gap of what you're not. That's not love. It's very painful to be on the receiving end of that. And it's very frustrating for the person that needs the other person to change. So in romantic relationships, we have to start from a premise of, am I committed to this person for who they are in this present moment today? Am I committed to love this person that I have chosen? Not, 
I love this person if they changed in this way because suddenly now you're in love with a project, you're not in love with a human being. That's not good for either participant. So when we're creating the ultimate love story that you want to talk about, we have to start from this basis of, am I actually committed to who this person is? And am I committed to seeing the best in them? Craig and I did not get back together because he changed. That is not why Craig and I got back together. He didn't do anything miraculous to change the situation. Craig and I got back together because I decided to commit to him. I decided to commit to who he is right now. And I decided to love him for that. Now something insane happened. When I committed to Craig for who he is, and I fully chose him, and I chose to be the person that saw the best in him, and that doesn't mean that I bypass shit that's happening and I don't have boundaries because obviously these are things, but I committed to him, I committed to being love in our relationship, I committed to seeing the best in him, I committed to creating the greatest love story every single day through my perception of him and through my perception of the relationship, right? And I focused on actually loving him instead of how he needed to change, everything that I'd always wanted from him started to happen. But I didn't need it to, to love him. If your perception of someone is they never do enough, it doesn't matter how much doing they do, they're never gonna do enough in your eyes. If your perception of someone is they never listen to me, you're never going to notice when they listen to you because the belief system that is so strong is they don't listen to me. So I am of the belief system that when we choose and we truly commit to a loving partner for the rest of our lives, if we choose to do that, we don't have to. We have to be committed to seeing the greatness in them. Now, this doesn't mean that we choose an abusive partner and we just pretend like la 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 la, it's not happening. I'm talking about in a healthy relationship. Because you get to create your partner every single day through your perception. And something extraordinary happens when people are truly loved for who they are. They blossom. They feel that. They believe in themselves. And that's not why we should do it, because then you're attached to a result. It's still, I need my partner to change, because if not, I won't love them. No, it's just like, how can I be the greatest love story in life? Does the being of I am the greatest love story like pick and criticize their partner all of the time? No, they are the being of love. The being of love is not people pleasing. But the being of love is also not needing someone else to change in order for them to be accepted. As humans, we are energy and we are physical matter, okay? But the frequency that we're in affects us. There's an experiment on rice and you guys, right? Will have heard this. Two jars of rice. For two weeks, a person saying loving, loving, beautiful things to one jar. Nasty, nasty things to the other jar. In two weeks, one of the rice, super healthy and beautiful. And the other one was rotten. When I talk about self-responsibility, a lot of us get caught in, my partner doesn't do this and my partner doesn't do that, but how are you loving them? In, the, in your presence, are they the rotting jar of rice or are they the beaming jar of rice of love? If we're pinching and being nasty to our partners and perceiving and always seeing the worst in them, 
Is it a surprise that they don't love us in the way that we want to be loved back? So if you want to create the greatest love story of your life, you need to take responsibility for how you are loving others. And this is a journey. And this is something that I ask myself every single day. How loving am I being? And I ask Craig all of the time. How can I love you more? How can I love you better? In what way do you want to be loved? I didn't used to do that. Craig and I didn't get back together because something miraculous changed and he changed. There were things that needed to be sorted out in our relationship that were. But I actually committed to him because for the first two and a bit years, I had one foot in and one foot out. And that doesn't work. Because when we've got one foot in and one foot out, we're actually out. This is the same in our business, in our romantic lives, in every area. What would it be like to have both feet in? That's commitment. What would it be like to be committed to perceiving your partner through the eyes of love every single day? And you're going to fall off and you're going to get it wrong and da-da-da-da-da. But what's going to happen is when you see that in them, they're going to start being more of that. Because we attract what we see and what we believe. And also, people are like that rice experiment. We could have a session today about all the things that your partner needs to do to meet your needs. And all of those are beautiful sessions to have on relationships and we can talk about needs. I don't want to talk about that with you guys today. I wanted to talk about things that you guys can implement from listening to this because it's your work where your power is. What's in my unconscious? Can I reprogram it? How am I creating my partner every single day? And for those of you guys that haven't got a partner, how are you creating your singledom every single day? Is your perception that this is the worst thing and no one's ever going to love me and oh my God, I'm going to die alone? Or is your perception of, I am going to become the most extraordinary loving partner to myself because I'm going to create the greatest love story with me? Fucking hell, if you were dedicated to creating the greatest love story with you every single day, the love that is going to come into your life is going to blow you away. That is the power of responsibility. That is the power of responsibility. Your ultimate creative power is not just what's in your unconscious mind. Your ultimate creative power is in how you perceive someone. And you create your partner through your perception. I was away in India and you guys have heard me talk about this. And I was blown away by the way that Steve and Amy Hardison love. Steve Hardison is one of the most famous coaches on the planet. And he says this. I create Amy every single day. When we have arguments, I choose to believe the best. I see the good in her. I forgive quickly. I take responsibility for my stuff. And I want to give you a contrast to this because Alok is my coach currently and he's one of Steve Hardinson's clients and he went to Steve Hardinson to a session and he wanted to go for a business session and then he just ended up talking about his partner and it was this whole hour and all he did was complain about his partner. She doesn't do this and da 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 And Steve Hardinson listened. And his partner was sat outside the session. He'd driven, she'd driven with him the whole way reading a book, completely oblivious. And do you know what Steve Harnison said? He says, everything that you've just shared with me has got nothing to do with her and everything to do with how you see her. And my coach shares this story very openly because his work right now is in how he loves. We all feel entitled to be loved in a certain way. Like, I want to have this, no, I want to that. But how are you loving? How are you loving yourself? How are you loving other people? 
Are the dialogues that you're having around others is constantly criticizing and judging them and seeing all the things that they're doing wrong? Or are you just loving and accepting others? Because if you receive a lot of judgment and criticism, don't be surprised if that's what your mental dialogue constantly is. Life reflects you. And so I'm going to say this again, please know that when you're picking your person, it's got to be a mutual thing. I'm not just saying commit to commit, even if it's abusive, right? I'm not saying commit to commit if it's not your person. Like, I'm just talking about commitment. I'm giving you different frames. Take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Sometimes leaving is the best choice. And that's really true. But if we stay, can we commit to seeing the best in them? And can we commit to creating them every day for the rest of your life together for however long that is? Creating the greatest love story of your life isn't because you meet the perfect person. This is where Hollywood has fucked us. And then it just unfolds magically. That's not true. Creating the greatest love story of your life is because you choose a person and you commit to them. And you commit to this work, you commit to your unconscious healing and you commit to creating it every single day. It is possible, but people are lazy in relationships because we think that we're just meant to meet someone and then it's just meant to be amazing and then we're disappointed when it's not. Just like we have to work to our goals, just like we have to work on our businesses, we have to learn to love. But here's the thing that I really want you to get. When we commit to the inner healing work through the relationship, what we've just gone through, the beliefs, the wounds, and we're going to go into it more. When we focus on seeing the greatness in our chosen partner, when we focus on the daily co-creation of love, then it can be better than the movies because it's real, because it's grounded, because it's true, because it's long lasting. It's not just an oxytocin filled honeymoon phase. Creating the greatest love story is not a fantasy. It can be real. But this is the work. And it's a day, moment by moment thing. And so the question that you should be asking yourself right now is, oh God, I do judge my partner a lot. <laughs> or I do judge my coach a lot. Or I do judge my clients a lot. Or I do judge my team a lot. Or I do judge my mates a lot. Enter whatever person, or my mom, or my grandmom. How can I transform those judgments so I can see their greatness? If you're asking yourself that question, woo, that's where I want to be. Amazing. Congratulations. I'm so happy that we're here together. This is the work that we're going to do for this session. I want you to pick a person that is close to you in your life can be a partner, a team member, a client. And I want you to pick someone that feels tricky and difficult for you. And I'm not going to ask you to put that in the chat because I was writing this. I was like, lol, I'm a lot of people's coaches. I might be that person. Um, or I might not. But we will talk about the coach-client relationship tomorrow. Pick someone in your life that's activating you. And once you've got that person, please drop an emoji so I know that you're with me. And amazing and I really am going to ask you guys to do this privately because I don't think it's appropriate that we share this I love the emojis once you've got that person okay I want you to start writing a list of all of the reasons that they are wrong and bad in your mind no one is going to see this so I want you to be really really ruthless with this I want you to be really honest with yourself. And I'm going to give you guys five minutes.
Lee, I want you to pick someone that's in your life, can be a romantic relationship or someone that's been a romantic relationship or it can just be any form of relationship that's activating some form of negative emotion in you. And I want you to write a list of all the reasons your brain tells you that they're bad or they're wrong. I'm going to give you guys until 20 past, okay? Lee, you've got two more minutes. This should be super duper quick. We don't need to think about this a lot. This is just an exercise and we get it down and you guys are gonna be doing this for homework anyway, okay? You guys are gonna be doing this for homework anyway. You're gonna have lots of activities and lots of things to contemplate. The idea as well with these intensives is that you don't have to just do it over these next three days. You have a monthly intensive. This is like your monthly contemplation. Craig has just heard me say all the things I said about relationship. I just looked at my phone to check something with the team and he's just messaged me saying, you're a little love ferret. We don't know what that means, but we like it. <laughs> and hi, Rachel, I've just seen that you're watching it from the group, which is amazing. We'll have the lives from here and also in the group. Okay, amazing. Let's go through this. So just having a look at your list, and this is gonna be another personal process because these are quite intimate things. Um, again, you can keep this to yourself, but I want you to just look at all of the judgments that you've made. And I just wanna remind you that as long as you think about them this way, this is what you'll see. As long as you judge them this way, 
This is what you will see. Creatively, you are confining them to this. And I want to give you a story so you can understand this deeper. There's a story that Louise Hay used to tell. She lived in a flat. I think this must be pre, like making it super duper big. And um, there was a landlord and the landlord was notorious, right, for being an asshole. Everyone in the block thought that he was an asshole, right? And so everyone had experiences of him in his assholery. And Louise Hay really did this work. You know, you see the greats in this work are the people that just don't know this intellectually. They really are a living, breathing embodiment of this. And she decided, I will see the greatness in this landlord. I am love. Therefore, I choose to be love with everyone. You know, Steve Hardingson I, is, says, I am that no one deserves my judgment and everyone deserves my love. That is what I imagine that Louise Hay lives by too. And so she's got this landlord and she chooses to see the best in him. She chooses to see him as a phenomenal landlord. She chooses to create him in her mind as a phenomenal landlord. Suddenly he's really lovely to her, her rent goes down. And when she leaves the flat, right? Not only is he really super happy to break the lease and all of the things, he buys all of her furniture off her So she doesn't have to take it with her. Her experience of this landlord is miles apart to everyone else because she's taking responsibility for how she's creating him in her mind. Bob Proctor says, it's not that other people need to change, it's our attitude about others that need to change. I rejected this for so long. I know this can be difficult. When Craig and I first broke up, one of my coaches made me go through, and not made me because I volunteered, it's recorded, to go through an activity where I had to like release judgment around Craig and what had happened. I was super pissed off after the activity. I was so stuck in it's him. It took me months to thaw and be like, oh no, it's me. <laughs> So know when you believe this about them, this is what you will always see, regardless of what you do. And I have this with people with me when they see that I do the money work and they have belief systems that money is terrible. I could literally like build an orphanage and feed all of the, the, the hungry children in the world and they'd still be like, oh, she's just doing that to show off that she's got money. What we believe, we see. What we believe, we see. The final thing that we're gonna talk about here, and I'm only gonna pin this slightly because this is a session for tomorrow. What we judge in others is what we disown in ourselves. Oh, that person is too emotional. You might see yourself as non-emotional, because you've literally disowned the part of you that is super emotional. Oh, that person is super chaotic, but have you disowned the chaos in yourself? That's a teeny bit of shadow work that we're not gonna go into yet. And so step one is like, okay, this is what I'm choosing to see. Step two is I take full responsibility about how thinking this makes me feel. Because remember, I'm 100% responsible for my feelings. I take full responsibility for what I think about this because I'm 100% responsible for all of the stories in my mind. I take 100% responsibility for the judgment that I'm projecting on that person because I'm 100% responsible, again, for the thoughts and the stories that I tell in my mind. Two. Three. Are these judgments facts? Are these judgments creating the end result that I want? If you're judging your partner as uncaring, is that giving you the desired relationship that you want? 
right? And so for some of you guys, we're going to go through this now and you're going to be like, well, yeah, some of my judgments are facts. Then cool. You can have it. But most of the time we're going to see everything that you've written down has actually got nothing to do with factual and it's a story that you've bound around the fact. And so Kareen, I know you're watching the replay. I actually Googled the definition of fact so you guys can see this. A fact is something that is known or proved to be true. This is a T. I have brown hair. These are my breasts. This is my iPhone. This is my water bottle. I have earrings on. Like these are things that are true. There is no way that we can discuss that. The story are the words and the meaning that you bind around the fact of the situation. And we do this unconsciously because the brain is designed to create meaning around fact. That's how the human brain works and that's brilliant. If our brain is creating stories that are manifesting the lives that we want or creating the lives that we want, amazing. But very often what our brains are doing is they're binding stories around facts that are actually leading to our suffering and not the desired results that we want. So again, in healing our relationships, the first step is awareness. This is another way that we're gonna become even more aware. And I'm gonna give you some examples, right? Of fact versus story. And I'm using this example that I talked about my social media because it was so brilliant, it was so poignant. I was like, this is amazing. Do you remember that story about when Craig forgot my top and then I decided that he was a, the king asshole of all assholes, right? And then I had to check in with myself and I'm like, wait a minute. Is Craig the worst human that's ever lived on planet Earth? Or am I just having an emotional reaction? <laughs> do you know what I mean? We need to do that often. <laughs> when I felt the feeling for three seconds, I was like, wait a minute. Yes, he does love me. He's not a terrible human. I just had to feel sad. <laughs> felt my sad, can no go back to my day. That's mastery, guys. We think that that's so simple and so little. Well, that's fucking mastery. So an example would be Craig forgot my top. A story that could be bound around it is Craig only thinks about himself because he only brought his stuff. Is that true? Probably not. Does Craig show love by remembering or forgetting my things? Probably not, right? Example two, and I wanna use coaching here, right? My coaching only speaks, or my coaching, see not only, only is now story. Only is story because it's a judgment. Can you hear that? Can you hear how sneaky a story can be? My coach speaks about money online and is scaling her business. The story could be, my coach only cares about money and doesn't care about her client's results. Is that true? No. Or is that the story that you've bound around the facts? Because I've put another story there, right? Which could be around the same thing coach speaks about money, coach scaling her business, right? It's the exact same thing. And someone else might think, my coach is always improving herself and leading the way. I'm so grateful to be in her space. Who's right? They are both right for themselves. And also neither are right too. Because stories aren't factual and feelings aren't facts. See, let's go back to another partner one. My partner has to work late from Friday to Monday because of work. That could be the fact. And someone might think my partner works late. My partner's work hours mean I can't have a relationship. Is that true? No. That's the story you're binding around the fact. And it's the story that creates suffering. And it's the story that we blame on the other person. But when we take the story home and we're like, oh, did I just hurt my own feelings? So in our relationships, we have to be aware that we get to create and perceive our partner every single day. And... We also get to become masters as being like, what is fact and what is the story? What is fact and what is the story? Is the story true? Is the story serving 
The goal of the relationship is the story serving my life. And I ask myself this all of the time. On that hike, is it true that Craig doesn't love you? No, no, that's probably not true. Can I be with the emotion? Okay, I go back. I could have ruined my day. Guys, people divorce, people break up because of not knowing the difference between fact and story. People don't find love because they don't know the difference between fact and story. This is so simple and it's so poignant. And it's so utterly, utterly based on self-responsibility. Because here you have to realize that not everything that you think, and I'm gonna put in brackets there, about someone else is necessarily true. Transformation, right? How we go from trigger to transformation is asking, is the story that I'm telling myself about this person true? Is it a fact? What if it's not? What then? What if they're not an asshole? What if they don't not love me? What if commitment doesn't mean that I lose my freedom? What then? Fuck, suddenly a doorway opens towards what you want and you realize that it was always a block within you. This is the ultimate power we have as creators. And it feels so simple and yet it's so hard in practice. And it takes time and it takes perseverance. I want you guys, and you're gonna to get to do this for homework, okay? But I've really mapped it here and I'm gonna go through your homework at the end so it's super clear. I want you to take your judgments and I want you to separate fact and I want you to separate story and we're going to spend the first part of tomorrow's session going through this so it's really important that you do this for tomorrow go through the judgments that you've written down and list facts and then list stories and where you list stories own the story own the feeling it's creating. Own that sometimes we hurt our own feelings. Fact and story, two columns. Actually, let's do one so you guys get an example before we go on to the next section. Can someone message me in the chat? a judgment that they feel comfortable for me to speak out on this recording. I wanna take a really quick one that I get as well with projections. The fact would be, I love designer clothes and I love fashion. I mean, love is still emotional, but Let's go for something even more fact-facty, like no one could dispute, there are designer clothes in my wardrobe. The stories that some people bind around that is, yeah, I love that she's so well-dressed, I love that she looks after herself, da, 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 da. The stories that I sometimes get is, oh, I didn't realize that you'd be deep, I thought you were so superficial. Because you wear designer clothing. Excuse me, sir? Really? Can you see how you can lose your mind, right? If you take people's stories too seriously. I don't have control what someone thinks about a dress that I wear. And if I'm trying to wear the dress that everyone fucking likes, I'm gonna lose myself. I'm gonna lose my mind. Responsibility for self, responsibility for self, responsibility for self. Okay. He is asking for too much of my time. Okay, amazing. Like this. Okay, let's bash through this. This is fun. I love to do this. Camille, what is the actual fact? So what's been written here is he is asking for too much of my time. How do we know that's a story? Because there are no numbers there. Too much is subjective. Too much is story. Only a story, always a story. What would the fact be? 
as Camille's writing that down for you guys so you can feel this. A fact is like, he wanted to see me Tuesday and Friday, you know? We spent eight hours together on Monday and Tuesday he asked to spend more hours. Those are facts, like no one can dispute that. There were eight hours on, on Monday and Tuesday there were five hours. For someone that might be too much time and for someone might be, ooh, it's heating up, this is so exciting, you know? What is the fact? Oh, these are so good. I'm gonna do all three of these so you guys really get this. Okay, so Camille has written, I'm spending several hours, I still, guys, I'm gonna be really strict on this, several out of the window. Nope, none. Several is descriptive, several is story. Several hours, several days of the week. Mm -mm. I'm gonna be really, really pernickety with this. How many hours, how many days of the week? And in that time, how much advice is going to renovate the house? Okay, there we go. Beautiful. Thank you, Camille. Do you see how we have to really distill fact? I'm spending five hours per week supporting him with his renovation. That is the fact. The story is, right, I'm spending too much of my time. Camille, and what does that mean? What's the meaning that you've added to that? Because story is all about the meaning that our brain creates out of facts. What is the meaning to spending too much time with him? I want it to be really clear. There we go. Thank you, Camille. So we've got one column. I spent five hours per week supporting him with a renovation. The story, right, is Camille's story. Relationships are always asking so much of me. Now the chances are this is a belief that's in the unconscious and it's coming up to be cleared. So do you see how we're tying part one of this workshop with what we're doing now? So what do we do here? We have to own the story. Right? We have to own that we are declaring, because of doing this, we've now just identified an unconscious or it could be conscious, but it's a belief that isn't creating what Camille wants because she obviously doesn't want relationships to always ask so much of her. So she's a match to this situation. We're owning that Camille has got a core belief that she's operating from vibrationally, which is I am, that relationships are always asking so much from me. Of course, that she would attract this. And on top of that, of course, that this is what she's seeing. So we're owning this is mine. We're owning the feeling is mine. And we're going to shift it in a second, okay? But now we're just really separating that fact and story. Jess is saying, my friend cancelled on me, so she does not respect or prioritize me. Okay, beautiful. So do we see that Jess has given us fact and Jess has given us story? My friend cancelled on me. Story. She does not respect or prioritize me. Is that true? The chances are that Jess has got something, right? For her reason, for her brain, the meaning that it adds is that people or I am, because that's what we're always saying, I am that people or friends don't respect or prioritize me. So obviously we attract that, this is the same, or we see that when it's not there. It's an assumption, it's a meaning our brain's created. It could be that her friend is actually just navigating something super difficult that she's not told Jess. It could be that her friend is, there could be 
100 trillion things that have happened, but our brain goes to the story that is our unconscious belief system, right? Tying this together. And we operate from there and that creates a feeling. Because how do you feel when you think my friend doesn't prioritize or respect me? You probably feel sad. So again, Jess, we're owning that story. That story is yours, babe. It's got nothing to do with your friend, right? Here's the interesting thing that I just want to throw in. If we change from I am that people don't respect and prioritize me and we change to I am that I'm always loved and respected in my relationships, what happens is we're not just pissed at our mates. We don't allow people into our lives that don't respect and appreciate us. Jessica, this is not Jessica, Sandra, this is such a potent one and I'm going to whip through this quick. Fact is my father cheated on my mother. Story, this is an asshole. And this is a really beautiful, painful one because this is really a childhood one. This is so potent. If you can do this, your parents. Is it true that he's an asshole? We have to own, he is an asshole is the meaning that you've added. Is it true that he's an asshole? Or maybe that he was just someone that was brought up in a family where he didn't learn how to love and there is so many other circumstances that your child couldn't understand but your adult now gets to be compassionate about. Fuck, guess what happens when you think to yourself, this is my story, what if it's not true? Suddenly there's a potential to maybe opening up a different form of relationship or love with your father that wasn't possible before. Quick story for me, my mother slated my father all of the time. So a lot of the belief systems that I had around my father until she died weren't good. And me doing the work since then, you know, I was very cross with my father after my mother died. I didn't really want a relationship with him. Like I was just always miffed at him. And he was upset and he was hurt because he didn't understand why I was always miffed at him. And I was just holding a lot of my mum's stuff. And one day I went, oh, what if it's not true? What if this is just the meaning that I add to my father's actions? And what if it's not true? What if I get to create my father in love every single day? My relationship with my dad is turned 360, 180, whatever you say. I don't know the phrase. You guys know who I am between languages. Suddenly I've got this opportunity to have this beautiful, loving relationship with my father. My father is 75 that wouldn't have been possible if I'd stayed stuck and stubborn in my stories because I just saw my father through the eyes of rage. And Craig called me out on it. He said, Han, your dad's not coherent to what you think about him. It was so powerful that he brought that to me. And we do this in so many areas of our life. Where are you seeing people through the eyes of rage and not the eyes of love? Yeah. And of course, it's playing in all relationships, not only loved ones. Yes, Camille, I thought that with the conversations that we've had. Sandra says, I'm still processing this wound. Yeah, and you can take your time. But we start the process by thinking, what if the meaning that I've added to this is not true? What if it's not true? And there might be some work for you to do, Sandra, with feeling the emotions that your child has you know, got and that's stuck in your body. And there might be some deeper processing which is really beautiful. If so, I recommend Inner Child Alchemy. It's linked in this workshop and you might wanna go through it more, but we're just opening, right? And so we can create new truths for love, guys. That day on the top, I can say, I forgive myself for judging Craig as an asshole who doesn't ever think about me. He's hearing all of this. <laughs> like, Craig's an asshole. Um, my new truth is that I'm always deeply loved and my partner is allowed to be human. How differently does that feel? God, my new truth is that I'm always deeply loved. If I always believe that I'm deeply loved, how am I going to perceive those around me? A big thing that happened with Craig and I is that we have an economic difference. I am the breadwinner, significantly make more money than him. There are not many role models of women that are breadwinners. So I thought it was bad or wrong. And I judged him as lazy and I judged him as his business 
taking too long to build. I, Hannah, created that meaning and that meaning created a lot of suffering for me. The truth was, he took me six months to pay me back and now he owes me zero monies, right now. And when he paid me everything back, I was almost kind of annoyed. I was like, I created all of this drama and you didn't, it's all paid me back. I just had to wait a few months. You know, human fucking brains. And I'm not saying that we should all go out and be breadwinners for our partners. And I'm not saying that we all should go out and allow money. I made a conscious choice, okay? But when Craig and I got back together, he still owed me money. And so I decided that if I was going to accept and love him for who he is, right? Because I accept and love him for who he is and I'm committed to Craig as who he is right now without needing him to be a project, right? The new truths that I created for myself was that I'm always so financially prosperous it literally doesn't matter what my partners make. That felt really empowering for me, right? The new truth that I created was, you know, if... I'm so financially prosperous and I can't choose who I love because of money, right? And that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't feel powerful. That doesn't feel limitless. I want to choose him. I love him. I love him. It's funny because in some of the recordings, you'll hear me talking from our breakup and now you're hearing the extended version. So it makes me laugh for the people that have been with me for this whole journey, right? I was a bit of an ass with Craig building his business. You're not going fast enough. I can do it better than that. That was not helpful for my relationship. His business has gone like this since Christmas. And it's funny because it's been since Christmas that I now see Craig through the eyes of, I am, because it's always about us, that Craig is always doing his best, and I am the partner who always believes in him. That's changed our relationship. And it had nothing to do with Craig making more money. It had everything to do with the eyes I was seeing him through. Are you the partner that loves and trusts and believes in your partner? Or are you the love partner that always thinks they're not doing good enough. I also had a belief with Craig that he slowed me down in business. Therefore, I saw that and I attracted that, right? I reprogrammed myself as I am unstoppable in business. I am that I am unstoppable in business. And lots of people do that. Oh, my partner is holding me back from my healing. Or oh, my partner is holding me back from money. Or oh, my partner is holding me back from fucking bollocks. Is your power so limited that someone else can affect you? Nah, that's not what I choose to believe. I choose to believe that I am so unstoppable and I am so powerful that it does not matter who I choose to love. I always win. That's a mantra I have as well. I always win. No one can take me out of my power. Because the second we say this person is slowing me down, what we're doing is we're giving them our power. I remember responsibility is ours is taking our power back. And so a really big part of creating a love story, creating healthy love, creating healthy relationships is recreating the stories and the judgments in our mind about those who we choose to love, right? That are actually conducive to the love and the connection, the desired result that you want. Going back to Sandra's example, Sandra might have a desire to have a changed relationship with her father, or she might not. If she doesn't, then she doesn't need to do this work. But if her desired result is a different relationship, then she does need to do this work. I realized that my father isn't going to live forever when my mum died. And so I thought to myself, even though I kind of always saw my father as a Superman, right? So I never actually thought that he would go. And when it really resonated with, oh my God, my dad is 75. I knew that I needed to do something. And it's only when I started shifting my stories without expecting him to be different that I got to love my father and have a different relationship with my father. And that's so nourishing for me. That makes me feel so safe in this world. Because that's actually what I always wanted. So we have to get really honest with our desires and our relationships and ask ourselves if the stories that we're telling ourselves are conducive to that. Right? Do we have any questions before we move into the final segment? Do we feel good? Do we feel clean with this? Like I said, you guys have got a lot of practice. You've got a lot of homework. And I know it's a lot of information, but this is what the intensives are like. We bash through a lot, but you can listen to this slowly segment by segment 
and you can listen to the first half again because I'm going to re-record it. <laughs> it's going to be even better. If we feel good and clear, you can drop an emoji. If you could segment at least 30 plus minutes to do each homework, that would be really, really useful because you're going to get the most out of this, not just from listening, but from applying this and seeing this and being with this. Jessica, I love that little alien head. Are we seeing kind of how this is all fitting together? Just give me a thumbs up. And this is kind of the final piece. And you're just going to see that this all fits together so beautifully, all of these different aspects. And it all works together in one interconnected system, which is always my vibe, bringing multiple areas of things that are really the same together so we can have broadened understanding. And just note that you might have resistance around the final piece, the last piece that we've done. I had a lot of resistance around it. I just wanted to believe that other people were wankers. We have a tendency, we live outside in. All of the work that we do in the School of IH is practicing to live inside out. Okay, we're on the home stretch, guys. <laughs> 